It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die, the record stands. JT the Brick. That's it. That's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening. They have a plan. I'm not saying it's going to work. It's going to be 100%. But I'm behind the plan. The plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time. You are what your record is. Sound off like you got a pair. And now, JT, the man to miss the legend. Here's JT the Brick. Welcome in, JT, as we get you rolling on Friday here. Brought to you by PT's. The best happy hour in town. I think PT's probably had a pretty good June. And there's a lot of it left still, considering they're proud partners of the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. PT's fuels the monologue, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, the best happy hour in town. As I always tell my friends and partners at PT's, thank you for the partnership. Uh, We want to make sure we understand how important PT's is to us, Golden Entertainment. For everything we do, coming off the NBA draft, the Raiders draft luncheon yesterday, which I'm going to get to, and a lot of baseball news. But Raider news, we're the flagship of the Raiders. When we have some news coming up here, it's vacation time throughout the Raider Nation. So hopefully not for you. You're listening to the channel. You appreciate what we're doing. The days we're on the radio, and then it gets to a six-day-a-week, all-day-long Raiders content here on the flagship. Or most of the content will be the Raiders. Right now at the mid-end of June part, it's quiet. As we've told you about the calendar, the silver and black are on vacation, and they need it. And they're going to have to have a big year, and they're going to have to be ready to go coming up here for training camp. I wanted to share a few moments as we open up this hour talking about the Raiders' 2023 NFL Draft Luncheon that I had the pleasure of emceeing yesterday. We've done this for the last couple of years at Allegiant Stadium with the proud partners of the Raiders. U.S. Foods was the main partner of this event, along with Ray's Coca-Cola. So there were a lot of VIPs there, a lot of proud partners, uh, a lot of partners in different categories. So I knew I was going to do this, and I really enjoy doing this, by the way, because I get a chance to meet the team. And I get a chance to intimately meet the team behind the scenes. So when we got there yesterday, the players that were going to talk when we got the list of who was going to talk and who wasn't going to talk, I was impressed with the list. We had Tyree Wilson, the seventh pick overall in the first round. Chris Smith, the second, who's the safety out of Georgia. Nesta Jade Silvera, who comes to us from Arizona State, the defensive tackle. And then a guy I know of well, but I got a chance to really get to know him yesterday, Adam Plant, who played high school football at Bishop Gorman in college at UNLV. And I tweeted out a picture about 19, 20 hours ago, if you can find it on my timeline, of all four of those gentlemen, and this Adam Plant. Adam Plant's a big boy. He's taller. He looks taller to me than Tyree Wilson, who's really tall, so I'll get to him in a minute. And then Michael Mayer and all the other rookies who were there were so kind because the ones who weren't going to talk on the stage with me went out into the crowd for about 40 minutes and went from table to table and spoke with the partners and the fans, and that was really cool. They don't have to do that, and they did. And a lot of the fans out there and the partners took pictures. And I dipped my head in from behind the scenes and I saw Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, you know, talking to a couple of people intensely about football. 
and having a great conversation. So those are always fun. But back in the green room were the four guys who were going to come on stage with me, and I never met them. You know, how, how would I meet these guys? They were just drafted, and I don't know them personally. So I went back there, and I spent about 10 minutes with them, you know, telling them basically it was going to be a, a layup with the questions. The questions aren't very deep and detailed. But I was going to ask them about their youth and their life as a high school, college player, their goals, who are their favorite new teammates, you know, the type of things you want to know about a player, what's it like to live in Vegas. And Tyree Wilson, let me talk about him first, his wingspan, his size, what a gentleman. They're all gentlemen, but you could tell that Tyree Wilson's done a little bit more media than most young players because he was at the commission. He was with the commissioner. Remember, he gave him the bear hug at the draft in Kansas City. And since then, you know, he's done a little bit of media here, but I talked to him and he has a passion for work and to be the best and to be great. But the guy who blew me the way the most was Chris Smith II, the safety out of Georgia. So when we were in the back here, we're in the bowels of Allegiant Stadium in the green room, he looks at me and he goes, hey, you're the guy that emceed the alumni event. And I said, yeah, I was able to do that. And he talked about that for five, ten minutes to me personally, how much he cared about the alumni dinner that had Ted Hendricks, Phil Villapiano, Charles Woodson, Dave Casper, Mike Haynes, Raymond Chester. He reached out to me and I said, well, that's interesting you're saying that because I'm going to ask you about that when we get in front of everybody out there. And you can see him light up. He's 23 years old. He's got two national championships. And he played big in some of those games for Georgia. Adam Plant is very interesting because he went to Bishop Gorman when my sons went to Bishop Gorman right around that time. And he won a national championship. I actually, I actually introduced him as a national champ for Bishop Gorman as a football player. And I, I told him I, I saw pretty much every one of his home games the year he won the national championship. My son played on the freshman team, and he was a great player, Adam Plant. I mean, he popped out on you because of his size and his ability to come off the edge and sack the quarterback and do all that. He ended up playing at UNLV, and now he's going to get a shot with the Raiders. We'll see if he makes the team or not. And then finally, Nestor Jade Silvera. I was just going to call him Nestor. No, it's Nestor Jade. And he's a defensive tackle from Arizona State. And he lit up on stage when I told him I just happened to go visit my son in college who, who goes to ASU in the biggest game they won, which they beat Washington, a nationally ranked team, and he had a big game. And he was really happy to, to hear that. So these four guys come up on stage with me, and they're on the Jumbotron, you know, the giant, giant video boards. You, they're looking up. They're taking selfies of their picture when their draft picture comes by. These guys were so happy absolutely happy to be in that building yesterday but but the connections that I made and I want to start with Chris Smith this guy's next level everybody think of the college games he played in in the SEC in Georgia the matchups within the division in the conference against Alabama and LSU and all of those games and he played in the final four so he played in the semifinal game and won the national championship game so he played in a lot of big games a lot bigger games than Tyree Wilson played in. Tyree Wilson was taken number seven overall. And you just meet a, a certain person at some stage in your life. I've been doing this a while. Where this kid's 23, he's a little bit older, so he knew how to look at the crowd, look back at me. And he was so fluid, talking about why he's so passionate to be a Raider. And he said it, not me. He said, you know, this alumni dinner was so important to him because he was able to connect with players he never heard of. Not many kids would say that. You know, not many people would say, I didn't know these players. These are gold jacket guys. 
These are gold jacket Hall of Famers. And he admitted, yeah, we got to know them. Now I know who they are. And they all talked about Charles Woodson because Charles Woodson, relatively younger, obviously, than Jim Otto or the legends who are there like Mike Haynes and Ted Hendricks and Dave Casper. No doubt about it, Charles Woodson had a big impact on all these guys. He went and talked to each of them individually. He was around the facility at practice. And these guys know Charles Woodson from the Heisman Trophy from Michigan and his years with the Raiders and the Green Bay Packers. Tyree Wilson, when I asked him about working alongside Max Crosby, he mentioned the weight room. So everybody was asking, what's his health like? What's his foot like? I don't know. I didn't answer that question on stage. How's your foot? That's none of our business. He's healing. He's coming through a rehab, and he looks to be great. He's walking all over the place. He's walking over all over Allegiant Stadium with no boot, no crutches or nothing. He looks fine by me. But Chris Smith, now I'm going to change and pivot over to him as a starter on this team. At safety, we've been talking about Trayvon Merrick and what he can do, and I'm wishing the best for him. And then we went out and got Epps to play from Philadelphia, and he played in all the games in the Super Bowl, and there's no doubt he was brought in to start. But after talking to Chris Smith II, he is older beyond his years. This guy's mature. He's a class act. He's been coached up, not only on the football field with the media, and I'm coming away, and I'm telling you this today. The event was yesterday. I'm penciling that guy in. I am. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to make the team or not. But Christopher Smith II out of Georgia played in a lot of big games and made a lot of huge plays that changed the pace of a Georgia victory. Clearly the best team in college football. So I was blown away by his demeanor, the way he handled himself, and that kid's going to be on the field. And that kid's going to be on the field on third down and fourth down and second down, and he's going to be a ball hawk, and he's going to make plays. And I think he could cover all over the field. He could cover in the slot. He could cover in the nickel. And he could obviously cover in the strong safety position because he could tackle. And if he had to play some free safety, I'm sure he could do it. Christopher Smith the second. So when it was done, we were walking back, and I told him, I go, look forward to having you on the radio. He said, yes, sir. Can't wait. So that's my new guy as of today. Because I just met him, I wanted to share with you that I I took a lot away from the way he was talking yesterday, the way he was answering questions, and clearly his resume as a two-time national champion. He talked about, you know how many of those players on Georgia were drafted, like all of them on defense? And I asked him, I go, what's it like to have that text exchange open with all the text messages with your new buddies who all got drafted? He said, we talk all the time. So he comes from a great culture, and you know how important culture is to Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels coming from the Patriots. They care about the culture. No one's better than the next guy. Everybody do your job. But for Adam Plant, who I'm trying to figure out, where's Adam Plant going to play? Because he plays defensive end, but that's Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, and Tyree Wilson. And I was talking to a couple of people yesterday, and they said, man, he looks like he's got a lot of outside linebacker in him. He's got a lot of outside linebacker in him. I was with Kirk Morrison Earlier today, as we just did this chalk talk at the Orleans this morning, and he was telling me, too, a guy like that who's supposed to play on the edge can play on the outside at linebacker. He's just big and strong. I hope he makes this team and is around at some level. He looks to be the type of guy you can put in a certain situation and get to the quarterback. And Nestor Jade is going to be trying to make this team as a rotational player on the defensive line as a defensive tackle. And he's a guy who can blow up the ball. He can stop the run. He falls on fumbles. He can do a lot of things. He can do a lot of things. So 
those are the four guys uh, meeting Michael Mayer again for the first time. He's an impressive athlete. I can't wait to see what he's going to do and see if he has an opportunity to come in instantly and have an impact for the silver and black. You know, last point on this draft luncheon is not everybody who's there, all those players are going to make the team. And I make that clear when I ask these questions. It's not, hey, once a Raider, always a Raider. How long do you want? No, you got to make the team first. We know that Tyree Wilson's going to make the team as the seventh pick overall. We're assuming a lot of these other guys are. But the competition level is going to be intense. The competition at this training camp on the defensive side of the ball, after being with four defensive players on the stage yesterday at Allegiant Stadium, they're ready to go. They are ready to go, and I think everybody understands the depth chart and where they're penciled in, and hopefully we'll see something special out of a couple of the guys that I had a chance to meet yesterday. What an honor. What an honor representing this organization and emceeing events like I did this morning at the Orleans for Boyd Gaming and yesterday as we were out at Allegiant Stadium for the 2023 NFL Draft Luncheon. Allegiant does a nice job, too. Their entire staff, they're preparing meals behind the goalpost. It's very interesting to watch that, too. You know, the kitchen's usually in a different spot, but they're behind the goalpost, and the men and women are preparing meals for everybody, doing a nice job. Very classy group of people out there. There were tours going on. Uh, one of the tours came on the field. If you've ever taken the Raider tour, and if you haven't, you should, the tours were coming over. They couldn't get into the area. We're on the field from the end zone up until about the 40, and all the people on the tours were taking pictures and watching all this. So it was nice to see that. I'll pivot over to the NBA draft. Obviously, that was last night. Some of the winners and losers. Victor Wembayana going number one out of France, the center to the Spurs. That's going to keep uh, Greg Popovich very busy and, and give him a nice shot on the back end of his legacy. Brandon Miller went number two. Remember him from Alabama. I think that's a fair pick. And then Scoot Henderson, who we got a chance to see here in Vegas with Ignite. And that was a big story. Saw him on the news a lot. He goes to Portland. And now everybody's going to wonder if him and Damian Lillard can exist together. I watched uh, Jay, what was it? Stephen A. Smith this morning. I was, I was up early today, and he was talking to a couple of the guys, Tim Legler and J.J. Redick, excuse me, about can they coexist. Give me a break. Can da- Damian Lillard can coexist, but they got the next Damian Lillard in Portland, and it's the perfect reason for Damian Lillard to move on. Chris Batts uh, Porzingis to the Celtics. Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies. That was a big deal. And Chris Paul going to the Warriors. Chris Paul got sent to jail with the Washington Wizards, and then they moved him. I thought they were going to move him to the Clippers. They moved him to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole got done dirty by the Warriors. Draymond punched him in the face in the preseason. Poole's a hell of a player. He had a lot of bad games, but he's a good young player. And they trade for a guy who's always hurting Chris Paul for a guy who's never hurt and played after he got punched in the face by Draymond. That's incredible to me. Also, speaking of Draymond Green, as we start our summer radio session off, my podcast partner, Tom Looney, and I, we did a summer series podcast. We evaluated our vacations. I went to Maui. Looney went to Puerto Vallarta. I think it's a fun listen. We took a clip of that for later on this hour as we got back to sports and talked about Draymond Green. So that's going to come up here in a little bit. Also, I'm going to replay our conversation coming up in a next. We're going to play it in a little bit. I don't know where we're going to fit it in, but Kerry Bullbolts, the president of the Golden Knights, surprised us this week with an appearance. He came on really happy about that conversation. And I wanted to wrap up this Friday with a, a lot of Golden Knights or the vibe of the Golden Knights because it's been a great two weeks in this town. 
VGK, Stanley Cup champions. And we thank our proud partner, PTs, their proud partner, as they're connected together as we continue. Hope you enjoy the Friday. The weather's great. It should be a great weekend. A lot of good sports action here. And we'll get back to the Raider conversation and what's happening with the NBA draft as we continue. Monologue, also brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde. You get into an accident, say it with me. 702-222-9999. What a number. 702, that's our area code in Vegas. 222-9999. Don't believe the hype of some of these other guys and gals screaming, testosterone's pumping out of their veins, jingles that say injured. You know, don't make fun of people getting injured and put it in a jingle. Go to the class act of the Valley, the DeCastaverde Law Group. If you get into an accident, they're the group for you. JT, on a Friday, this is the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio. JT, back with you as we continue this Friday, beautiful Friday, on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. As you know, we've been doing a lot of Golden Night Talk. We nailed that. It was the right thing to do for those who came along on the journey with me throughout the playoffs. We were talking about it heavy in the conference finals and then the Stanley Cup finals. Even if you're not a big hockey fan, we thought we gave you some good content. The insiders, everybody that came on brought something to the table as this team eventually won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Kerry Bullbolts is the president of the Vegas Golden Knights. What he does in this community is second to none. He's everywhere. Every charity event, shaking hands, kissing babies, and always live at the game, walking the concourse. I consider him a friend. He joined us earlier in the week to talk about the championship and the whirlwind ride to the cup. Well, JT, first of all, thank you for uh, playing that. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't get old for me either. <laughs> Uh, hat trick on, you know, game clinching, Stanley Cup. I mean, it was just amazing, amazing evening. Uh, and it's been a whirlwind ever since. So we're, you know, today's a, today's Tuesday, obviously. It's a week out from when we won uh, the Stanley Cup championship, and it's just been absolutely crazy. As soon as we, uh, you know, won on uh, Tuesday night, we had, of course, some celebration, which was, uh, you know, really, really fun. Got to uh, enjoy that with my wife, Melissa and some family that was uh, that was in town and then we went uh, went to work on planning for the parade which was this past Saturday uh, it was a mammoth undertaking with our partners at Metro our partners at uh, T-Mobile Arena and uh, of course uh, all of the folks at the city the county uh, and it was just uh, an amazing amazing parade uh, super proud of the work that went into it and uh, it ended with just an unbelievable ceremony at Toshiba Plaza and uh, our crew just knocked it out of the park, and it was uh, just an amazing, amazing night. We were a little tired on Sunday, but it, uh, uh, it was just incredible. Yeah, it, so, uh, you know, very, very proud to be a part of it. Yeah, Kerry, what's fascinating to me is how you put the parade together. I believe it was the only sports championship parade at night that I can recall. And what was the undertaking like? You start it before sunset. You know it's going to go late at Toshiba Plaza. You need the safety and support of Metro, emergency workers, fire, everybody to be on the same page. You got Governor Lombardo and everybody. Can you take take us a little bit behind the scenes of those late night phone calls and decisions that had to be make, made to put on such a beautiful event? Yeah, no, it was. It was quite a bit. And, you know, first of all, the just in terms of the why with, you know, Las Vegas Boulevard and the Strip is, uh, you know, it's iconic in terms of 
um, its its view and the lighting and you know it's just amazing. And so we really wanted to to start it, you know, to finish it in the evening where we could get some of those iconic views uh, uh, out. And so that's why we started it when we did. And uh, in terms of just all the coordination, you know, I I'll let you in on a little secret. We we didn't just start planning. Uh, last Tuesday night after we won, we had to do a little bit of planning on the front end. Of course, we didn't talk to George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon about it. They're they're pretty uh, you know they're pretty focused on just what's happening on the ice. Uh, but we did have to lay some of the groundwork with our partners at Metro and of course uh, you know some of the other uh, folks that helped contribute to the evening. So we laid the groundwork uh, as best we could. And then once we uh, once we got to that final uh, you know final ending of the Stanley Cup final game last Tuesday, uh, we started pushing buttons, and it was just a lot of logistics. And like I said, really proud of our our team and our partners that helped contribute. Uh, it was a safe event, mm. and it came off without a hitch. And uh, really, really, really was a lot of fun for our players, our player families, and of course, uh, you know, all of the VGK fans throughout uh, throughout the valley. Kerry Bullbolts joins us, the president of the Vegas Golden Knights. Really interesting. I know how important the marketing side and your corporate partners and the fans. We've talked a number of times about how you're involved with the community and your partners are expected to be, too. But you got a lot of them. And looking back on the birth of this team, Vegas Strong, what happened on 1 October, which I thought everybody pointed it out, that horrific event, but how important it was for that to be a driving force, even at the parade, where it was talked about for obvious reasons. What can you say about your partners and the business leaders in this community? Because I know this from having a national show. Everybody's talking about this around the country because it only took six years in hockey. It could take forever. But the way you got the business side up to speed with the hockey development and the players, let's give some credit to the people who work under you and behind the scenes for that. Yeah, no, for for sure. And JT, I appreciate you saying that. You know, obviously we've got 23 players that that kind of make it happen on the ice, um, but we've got several hundred people uh, working behind the scenes uh, with uh, with our business organization and, of course, our facilities to help grow the game here at City National and Lifeguard, and of course, our new arena for our American Hockey League team over in Henderson with the Dollar Loan Center. Um, it all it all has to come together and, and work together for the bigger common goal. And, and of course, uh, you know, it wasn't just those 23 players celebrating a world championship and a Stanley cup title. Um, it was really the entire organization. And I love that we behind it, uh, because it, uh, really is a part of it. Uh, matter of fact, today, uh, the Stanley cup's been in our offices here and all of, uh, all of our staff has had the opportunity to come and get a personal photo with it. Uh, all of their staff, uh, all of our staff was able to, uh, join us in the parade. So we had over 600 people on our parade uh, route uh, the other night between the players, their families, and all of our front office and their families, scouts, uh, just everybody. And, you know, they talk about how it takes a village to accomplish greatness. Um, to see all of those folks come together in one place um, as we were staging the parade on Saturday evening uh, really was special because there were a lot of people because of the way our our schedules are maybe they had never even had the chance to, to even meet. Um, and it uh, really was a sense of pride to see it, uh, see it all come together. Wrapping it up with Gary Bullbolts, the president of the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, I emceed uh, with a co-host, the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, and you know everybody was talking. That could have been a viewing party. It had a chance to be a viewing party with an award ceremony during intermissions, and you got a lot of friends behind the scenes there. And I'm on stage that Friday night, and as soon as I mention 
the team in the cup, the place roared, and other presenters were talking about it and winners throughout the night, people who got inducted. And it was just great to see. You know how important that room is and other rooms in town, that everybody was just so happy for you, for you personally, the players, Mr. Foley. And that's important because, as everyone said, from my boss, Mark Davis, and the position you're in and others before getting professional teams here, it's just easier to work in Las Vegas, construction, getting deals done, politics. And I think you're a great example of this. You play nice with everybody. Everybody's happy for you. You run a big business. Now you have a Stanley Cup, and I sense you're going to do it again. You want to go back and continue to win cups. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Obviously, our head coach, uh, Bruce Cassidy, on Saturday night, he started. it was him that started the cup in two chants, or, or back-to-back, excuse yeah. me. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, that was really kind of fun to see, but I appreciate you saying that about the community. Uh, this is a can do count, can do town. And, uh, we felt that from day one when we got here and we've been so fortunate from that perspective. And actually, I'm sorry that I couldn't make, uh, the event on, on Friday night. I was planning to be there and there were just so many logistics that we still had to get, uh, get coordinated that I ultimately had to make the decision to stay here at the office and work throughout Friday evening. But, uh, definitely the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame is close to close to our heart with the display there at, mm-hmm. uh, at Dollar Loan Center. And and uh, it's such a terrific event. And uh, I'm glad that uh, in a strange way, I'm glad that it worked out that we yeah. didn't uh, cause any distractions for that event because I really, uh, really didn't uh, want it to conflict with it. So glad it went well. Yes, it did. Hey, Kerry, I'll let you go. Thanks again. Let's catch a dinner when things settle down. I don't know when it's going to settle down for you. It'll settle down for me, so I look forward to seeing you out socially with your wife again and celebrating this cup with you. Well-deserved. Yeah, you too, JT. We're, you know, we're only about 10 weeks out from the, dropping the puck for uh, next year with preseason, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's going to be a crazy uh, fast summer, but we'll try and uh, enjoy it along the way. We appreciate Kerry joining us here and. Sounds like they're going to go after it again. You know, the Caesars odds or the Westgate odds, they're either, they're, I think they're the second favorite on, on deck now to win the Cup next year, and they should. They should be in the conversation. You never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. You get in the playoffs, you run into the Avalanche. You run into Edmonton. A team gets you like Dallas. Okay. But Vegas is going to be the team everybody's chasing. And when you're being chased, you got to make sure when you're being chased – you're able to knock everybody off, stay healthy. This team last year was hell. I was hurt. Mark Stone was out. They had to go through multiple goaltenders, and they still won the Stanley Cup. Again, uh, thanks to Kerry Bullbolts, Mr. Foley, the owner of the Stanley Cup champs, and everybody behind the scenes who helped put together that magical ride. It's been a great two weeks as we continue. Uh, coming up, uh, my podcast summer series. I like this. It's my content. I'm going to play it. It's me with my podcast partner, Tom Looney. Uh, The podcast is JT and Looney. It's our summer series. We're going to do six podcasts throughout the summer on different topics. This one was about our vacation. Coming up will be the movies, blockbuster movies, the summer of movies, a barbecue series, and some other things we're working on. But our conversation with Draymond Green as we continue on a beautiful Friday. JT in studio with Bobby on the flagship of the Silver and Black.
JT, back with you as we wrap up our Friday here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Curry Bullbolts, happy for him. We had Joe Maloof in the first hour. What a story he told as he helped bring hockey here. And now the president of the team joining us. So it's been a whirlwind absolute whirlwind the last two weeks here with VGK winning the Stanley Cup, plus all the other events that we had. As I mentioned, yesterday was the 2023 Raiders draft luncheon, as we just talked about it, wishing these young men the best. Again, I just said it, but I'll say it. These kids are unbelievable. It's great to sit down in front of a 21, 22, 23-year-old on a stage at Allegiant Stadium and hear their dreams. Just like we mentioned the NBA draft. Everybody has a dream. Everybody wants to live the dream. And it was just cool to see that yesterday. Especially Michael Mayer, who worked the room and went up to everybody he could go up to and telling everybody how much he loves this. So we've been going all over the place today, uh, trying to figure out a couple of things here that are happening. Not much Raider news. There's a lot of Raider coaches and staff are on vacation. The players who are around here working out. Eddie Pascal told a great story about uh, Max Crosby earlier today as we were over at the Orleans for Boyd Gaming for a, a crosstalk. We had a chalk talk there, and he said the day that Max signed his extension, uh, the Raider TV department had to get up early because he had to do a live hit and that hit was going to be in New York. And Max Crosby showed up at 6.30 in the morning to get a workout in on the biggest day of his life, his contract extension, before he did the hits. I was just scratching my head. Going, this Max Crosby's unbelievable. He'll continue, continue to work. And he's going to continue to work now. And he's got some people to mentor, including Tyree Wilson. Again, I don't do a lot of A's talk, as I told you. But Rob Manford, I think the commissioner of baseball, is digging a hole in London. A couple of things are coming up this weekend. Derek Jeter is making his debut on Fox, and his Fox uh, Fox debut is going to be in London. So how about that when you think about it? Derek Jeter is going to debut at Fox with A-Rod and Big Poppy and Kevin Burkhardt across the pond. But the news is Rob Manford says one big turnout by the Oakland Athletics fans don't change, quote, a decade worth of inaction, as he defended earlier comments about the reverse boycott held in protest of the team's proposed move to Las Vegas. Manfred said he was taken out of context when he uh, he said it sarcastically. He praised the 27,759 fans for amounting to, quote, almost an average Major League Baseball crowd for a 2-1 win over Tampa Bay on June 13th at the Coliseum. So speaking earlier today, this is breaking news at a news conference ahead of the weekend series between the Cardinals and the Cubs in London. Manfred said the A's had not submitted a relocation application and there is no deadline for when he wants the clubs to vote. It's not what you're hearing on some shows out here. They're acting like it's a done deal. Quote, my comment about Oakland was that I feel sorry for the fans, that it was my initial and preference that they would find a solution in Oakland. He was asked about this at the press conference earlier today. The comment that I made about the fans on a particular night was taken out of context of those two larger remarks. I feel sorry for the fans. We hate to move. We did everything we could to possibly do that to keep the club in Oakland. Unfortunately, one night doesn't change a decade worth of inaction. So that's the number one story at baseball at ESPN.com. Number one story is Manford digging a hole. 
talking about what he said out of context. I don't think it was out of context. And also talking about the fact that they're not going to have that vote amongst the other owners. Now, when it comes to the vote amongst other owners, I'm sure all the other owners are going to want to vote the A's to come here. But there's got to be a lot of stipulations in this vote coming up considering what's going on with ownership of John Fisher and Dave Cavill, who I call the carnival barker, on what type of deal they're going to do in town here. What type of rules are going to be set up? What type of investment are we going to make here? I can tell you, all those other owners and the owner's wives are going to want to come to Vegas, but those owners are going to want to tell the, the owner, John Fisher, you're only going to Vegas if you try to win and spend some money. Other news, kind of like on that same type of conversation, the commanders, Daniel Snyder, closer to being gone, which is a big story. The NFL set July 20th, their meeting to vote on the commander sale. And this isn't a done deal yet. And as I've been saying here on the flagship of the Raiders, I think that Daniel Snyder's got a trick up his sleeve. I don't believe that Daniel Snyder wants to sell the commanders. I think he's trying to kick the can down the road and hold on as long as possible. So that meeting is going to be set so the group led by Josh Harris can take over ownership and pay $6 billion. The NFL sent a memo to the owners that a meeting would take place July 20th to discuss the sale of the commanders from Dan and Tanya Schneider to the Harris Group for a record $6.05 billion. Now, that's a major market. That's a lot of money. That is a major market. It's likely the vote would take place based on the anticipated unanimous approval by the Finance Committee according to the Washington Post, which reported the meeting. The vote could take place in Minneapolis when the owners meet in late May, when we were talking about this in the past. The vote could have taken place there, but then what happened there, they wanted to make sure they got the financing in place, and they vetted this guy. The committee has not yet recommended approval, but the fact that a special meeting was set indicates the direction for sale is headed. Typically, the owners adhere to the committee's recommendations for the sale to be approved 24 of the 32 owners must vote in favor. And I think that's going to happen. Last year, for example, according to ESPN, the committee recommended unanimous approval July 27th regarding the sale of the Denver Broncos to a group led by Walmart heir Rob Walton, who now is the richest owner in all of sports. The owners voted the approval on August 9th, if you remember last year. So everybody wants to get this commander's deal done because Daniel Snyder is such a slippery bad guy and owners want him out of there. But as I reported, knowing a lot about this behind the scenes, I believe that Snyder is going to burn his relationship down. Remember like that, that fire we saw on the 215 in Buffalo? Snyder is going to leave the NFL and he is going to rat out on other owners and he's going to take shots. Daniel Snyder is a little Napoleon. He will not go away quietly. He's getting $6 billion, which will obviously, he's already a billionaire. He'll have more money than he could ever spend. But he's leaving the sport in shame. And I think he's going to go out ugly. I think he's going to rat some of the owners out. I truly believe he does have information on owners. He's been paying private detectives over the years to accumulate this information. And Jim Ursay knows he'd been adamant about this and work needing to get done to get him out, and also on top of that, to compliance on this deal. So remember I said this on a Friday, a random Friday in June. Please give me credit for this when it happens. Daniel Snyder is going out of this league like a roaring, flaming fire. He is not going to shake everyone's hand and take the high road. He's going to make it super ugly. He's going to make it personal. 
and it's going to have deep effects on this league. And I'm telling you, there are owners who are wondering about what he's going to say. I can promise you with that. Uh, We're going to get into Draymond Green. My summer podcast series is out with Tom Looney. It's where you download the podcast, JT and Looney. Wanted you to hear that. I cut out all the stuff we talked about on our vacation because we did a deep dive on why we took certain vacations, the deals we got, how we traveled, airfare, all that. I thought it was pretty cool. But I didn't want to waste your time with that on a Friday. So we're going to get into Draymond from the podcast coming up here in a little bit. And there's light news. All the big news in sports today is about the NBA draft last night where dreams were made. Dreams were made. I think San Antonio, when Bayana has an opportunity to get right back to the top in a couple of years. Chris Paul to the Warriors seems really bizarre. Most of the social media that I'm looking at online, most Warrior fans do not like the deal. Not that they love Jordan Poole but they don't love Chris Paul. And is this the best example recently since Kevin Durant of ring chasing? Chris Paul couldn't get a ring in Phoenix, couldn't get a ring in Oklahoma City. Chris Paul couldn't get a ring with the Clippers. And at the very end of his career, he's going to be able to jump on the Warriors bandwagon and potentially get a ring. I think it's a good move. He didn't orchestrate it. They moved him, and he ended up with the Warriors. But could the Warriors make one more move and move on from him? Is it a done deal? I think it is because I think Steph Curry probably wants to play with Chris Paul, have a great point guard and a facilitator as they get to the end of the Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry era. Uh, More on what we think of Draymond Green with Looney coming up on the other side. I want to thank all of our proud partners this week, all the great work that we do for us. we got a lot of partners, and we want to mention Grimaldi's. Best pizza I ever had. As you know, Bobby's giving out $50 Grimaldi gift cards on Friday. I repeat, a $50 gift card. You can get a couple of pies. I get the Brooklyn Bridge, get a Caesar salad to go. I don't make this up. I I say this because I mean it. Grimaldi's, the best pizza I ever had on a Friday right here on the flagship of the Raiders. JT, as we wrap it up on this Friday, I hope you got big plans this weekend. The last couple of weeks have been a whirlwind. Everybody had to put their plans around the Vegas Golden Knights. Now we have the 4th of July coming up. Where are you going to be on the 4th of July? And now our first 100-degree days. We're going over 100 degrees for the first time. Man, the weather has changed since I moved here, and I like I liked the break in those 100-degree days, but they're coming right here. Uh, my podcast, you can get it anywhere where you download your podcast. I'd really appreciate it. If we can do this because you get the numbers up, then maybe some better advertising and more advertising. We're real proud of what I do. Uh, Tom Looney and I have been partners for 14 years on the radio. I've had this podcast a couple of years. We'll join it in progress as we were talking about Draymond Green and the Draymond Green scenario, pay him or not. So you can get that podcast wherever you download your podcast. As I said, uh, iHeart is where it's at. Believe is where it's at. You can get it anywhere where you get it. Just put in JT and Looney. Click on subscribe, and you'll get it, and I think you'll like it as we continue our summer series. Draymond Green. Wow, what a topic. Draymond Green, an amazing topic. Career stats. This is career stats. 8.7 points a game, 7 rebounds, uh, 5.6 assists, uh, 44% field goal percentage, 
and he's won four championships. He played on the most recent dynasty with the Warriors. He opted out of his deal. So in the NBA and in other deals, at the end of a contract, there's one of two clauses. Either you can opt in to your remaining last year because it's the player option, or you can opt out. So it wasn't a team option. The team doesn't say you're gone or we'll make the decision. So Draymond opted out at $27 million because he knows by opting out he can sign a new contract with the Warriors, A, for more, or there'll be several other teams that'll pay him more than $30 million to come to their team. This is one of the most compelling NBA topics. Last year, Kevin Durant, when he left Brooklyn to go to Phoenix, the internet broke. It literally, I was on the air filling in for Jim Rome. You were there. Yeah. We caught that story the day it happened live. It was one of the biggest live stories I've covered in real time. Draymond, I don't know when he's going to make a decision here, but you want to talk about leverage. <laughs> the guy punched a teammate in the face. Jordan Poole, no one gave a shit. Number two, he's got four rings. The owner came on record. The new GM, because Bob Myers retired, great GM, is Mike Dunleavy Jr. Oh, wow. He's the GM of the team. He went on record saying, we want to do everything to get Draymond back. Draymond has a full-time job waiting for him at TNT to replace either Shaq or Charles. He has a podcast. And this guy, this is the topic which fascinates me. Where would Draymond Green be as a person and a basketball player if he didn't go to the Warriors. Oh, oh you the team that picks you is so important. Oh, my God. Oh, so John and Frazier, great caller of ours for decades. Yes. He came in and ripped him the other night because he's just a role player. I said, no, not a role player. He works perfectly in that system because Steph's the greatest shooter of all time. Top five all time is Clay as a shooter. Draymond passes the ball very well. He's a great assist guy. Plus, he's a bully. He's an intimidator. Wayne Gretzky had Marty McSorley to protect him when the Jordans wanted to fight him. Draymond can do that, and Draymond is a vocal leader. So statistically, if he would have went from Michigan State and went to Detroit or Portland or Sacramento. We might not be talking about him. Not only might we not, we might not be talking about him. I don't think he would have been out of the league. That's too harsh because he would have won, and I bet you would have won a championship in Phoenix or somewhere else. This guy is almost irreplaceable. So I just want to give you my hot take real quick. I would get out of the business of Draymond Green. You would? Yes, here's why. I never want to pay a player ever in any sport more money than they've made at the end of their careers. Oh, okay. Behind them. Now, you could, Tom Brady always took less, but that was bullshit. He never took less. They just restructured his contract. Right. They give him new signing. But no, Brady plays for less. Believe me, Brady cashed a lot of money. Draymond Green played for a decent amount of money his whole career, but this is his last chance to pull the ripcord and get that final deal, that final three-year deal with the player option and make a lot of money. I would pass on it. It would be like a stock in the stock market or your home, your real estate where it's peaked, and I wouldn't pay more. The Bill Walsh philosophy, right? And Bill Belichick, but Bill Walsh said it, get rid of a player a year too soon than a year too late. But I'll tell you, I'm fascinated on this topic because – his stats don't jump out at you, but as a four-time NBA champ, he's an eight-time first-team all-defense. He's the defensive player of the year in 2017, okay? And two-time all-NBA. This guy's no joke. This guy is legit. But I would be saying an aging Draymond Green that doesn't put up a lot of points, 
does a lot of other things that don't show up in the box score. There'll be a team that takes them, but how about this? I'll throw it back to you. Do you think Draymond wants to go to a lesser team? What happens if Oklahoma City or New Orleans or Portland or Sacramento says, hey, we'll give you $35 million no. on a three-year guarantee? He wouldn't do that. He, no, he wouldn't do that because, because he's had too much taste of what he wants to yes. go to. A, most likely, he probably would only go to the Lakers or stay where he is. That's just my guess because he wants glamour and winning. And to be with great teammates because he's a great number three and he doesn't mind it. See, that's the kind of guy you want. A chip on the shoulder that makes up. Clay doesn't have a chip on Clay might have a chip on his shoulder, but we don't know what it is. We know. <laughs> you don't have to dig to get to the bottom of the chip on the shoulder uh, of him, of, of Draymond Green, because just the way he plays and we can see it and smell it and taste it. And Clay is very relaxed. So he really makes up for. Like you said, he's the bully to uh, to make up for kind of the lack of um, I'm from the hood aggression be- that that the stars have because they're not because they're son of rich guys and NBA players uh, when it comes to Clay Thompson and uh, and so and the uh, the magician and Steph and they're son of NBA players so they don't have the same chip on the shoulder that drives them. And he makes up for that in his style. He's the guy I always compare to Devontae Perfect, who ended up, who was a, just an incredible player, who I was on with the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I was so excited when the Raiders got him, but it didn't work out. But I remember when he played for the Bengals, and he, and so, and sometimes there was a, a price to pay on the other end with penalties, et cetera, with him. There's a price to pay with Draymond Green, but the, but you got to admire the chip on the shoulder. He doesn't lose it with all the money. We complain about all the money the players make. All this money these players make, you'd think. Yeah, you'd think they give 110% every night. He does. But Draymond is the perfect example. <clears throat> I don't know of a better one. And if you do, just tweet at me, at JT the Brick or at Looney on Fox. Can you name a player in any sport? that got more value and upside by going to one specific team. And I'm not taking away what he did because he was a big-time performer for the Warriors. Yeah, he was an all-star. He was a great player. He won four rings. But if that guy goes anywhere else other than with Steph Curry, no chance we're having this conversation. Zero. He, he was a product of the environment and the culture that he went to. There's a lot of role players on teams. Now, remember, Randy Moss never won a Super Bowl. He was on the 18-0 and team. Right. Patriots that lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. And you got Patriots that have won three or four Super Bowls. He didn't get one. Junior Seau was on that team. He never won a Super Bowl because they weren't on the right teams that were the teams that were bringing great players or above-average players to world championships. The first tweet you would get would be Tom Brady. Because he accidentally ended up on the New England Patriots, and he was a lot, you know, coaches were too dumb to know how good he was, and then Drew Bledsoe got hurt, and that's how, you know, and, and you know, the uh, the accidental intelligence of the St. Louis Rams of bringing in Kurt Warner, who, there's these times when, when coaches who we love are blind, and they've already got their starting lineup in their mind, and even in Green Bay, they didn't realize that Kurt Warner was probably better than Brett Favre. And then somebody had to get Trent Green had to get hurt with the Rams in order for people to realize that Kurt Warner was the best quarterback in the league. And so you're right; it happens. It happens quite often. You have to end up. On the, it has to be serendipitous. You have to end up on the right team. And there's yeah. not. And, well, and there might be no player that really uh, ended up on the right team more than Draymond yeah, Green. Draymond Green is the Yari wow. Curry 
of the NBA. <laughs> was with Mark Messier and Wayne Gretzky. Wow. He got all those Stanley Cups, right? And yep. he was a very good player. <laughs> but for Draymond, I, I think I'll ask you after this. I think Draymond will re-sign with the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors will give him fair value, give him a little bit more. He'll stay with that. The Warriors will have the option. It'll be a two-year deal with the team option. He'll get more money. He'll be happy about it. And then he'll ride off into the podcast uh, TV world and probably be pretty successful there. But I don't know. It, maybe it's because it's a lean time in sports or not. But this Draymond Green topic is great. Have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy it. Get in the pool. Have a cerveza. Have a Modelo. Because, you know, on Friday, and this is Friday, I got my bucket of ice-cold Modellos on deck. In the pool, an ice-cold Modelo with the fighting spirit. Big week next week. Raiders are getting closer to training camp. We'll have a lot of good content coming up next week, which we'll tell you about on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. JT the Brick on the home of the Raiders. Raider Nation Radio on 920 AM and the Raiders mobile app.